0: Hello and welcome. It's your GM, David here. We recorded this game while our area was under a lockdown, so it was all remote. I've put in a lot of effort with the post-processing, but the audio is still a little bit crunchier than usual. Thankfully, we are now able to record together again though, so expect a return to better quality in future games. That disclaimer aside, I pulled together some of my closest friends for our Ghost Lines game, so stick around and expect a riotously good time. Enjoy.
1: do me a big big favor sure would you run downstairs and get my tablet pen
0: okay uh make polite chatter
2: hey hey, hey. naughty 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 chatter let's all talk about
1: david (laughs) while he's not here
2: (laughs) i don't know i just wanted to be a contrarian
3: you know who else is a contrarian
4: (laughs) my mom that's true (laughs) this
2: is not
1: polite
4: i'm sorry did you just dunk on your own mom Yeah.
1: Well, now she's not going to be able
4: to listen to this, Josie. (gasps) Wouldn't she kill you for
1: that?
3: Probably.
4: (laughs) I accept my fate.
1: Boss, you're the best and we love you. I'm your favorite child now, right?
4: No. I don't know if you could hear my popping in the mic, but... A little bit. That was my bones. I'm trying to get into the spirit of ghost lines.
2: But are you removing your bones? (laughs) Are you trying to become closer to a ghost?
1: You know, according to a rumor I heard on the schoolyard in like third grade, if you remove the last two of your ribs, you can suck your own dick.
2: Oh, I heard that too. If only I had a dick to suck.
4: Well, you do. It's true. I mean,
1: it would
2: probably work with us too. I mean, I guess I could remove my ribs and suck someone else's dick. I guess a fucking point. <laughs> Thank you, David.
4: <laughs> you know, are you really living in this year, 2020, if you're not removing... Hey, your whoa, ribs? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on,
3: hold on, hold on. What? Let's just cut off this conversation and not say anything to David, so he has to go back and listen to it.
5: Yes!
2: <laughs> yes, okay, yeah. No, you're so right. Oh, my God. <laughs> It'll
1: make it more interesting for him.
3: That it will.
2: <laughs> there's there's some Easter's in the eggs, if you know what I mean.
0: I'm here for you, David. <gasps> Thank you, Josie. <laughs> you're just here to make my life a little more interesting. Add a little bit of spice. Yeah. Like at this point, I'm halfway tempted just to keep this shit show in the beginning and just be like, hey, everybody, welcome. We're happy to have you here. We're going to be playing Ghost Lines. It's a game. Hey, fuckers, Uh,
3: let's get into it. (laughs)
0: Uh, If if you've heard of Blades in the Dark before, it's got a fair following. Uh, This is the game that came before it. It's sort of a a pilot for that whole world, and it takes place on the on the lines. Uh, This is a game about ghosts and trains and ghostbusters and sort of magical eldritch horror societies uh it's i mean for me at least I, I don't know if any of those words excited you but i am i'm feeling it
2: i mean i'm down for eldritch ghostbusters
0: on trains there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts in this game and for a you know a document uh, defining it which is only four pages it is downright surprising just how much they pack into it i will encourage anyone who's interested in playing ghost lines to also get their hands on a copy of Blades in the Dark, because there are a couple of pages of that that includes a map of the Shattered Isles where the game takes place, uh, as well as a description of the isles themselves that is not present in the original document for the game, uh, that it only came with a uh, a map of it. So you might take a look at that in helping to understand the, the lands that this game takes place in and sort of just get you started uh, on it. All that being said... The, a really cool feature of this game is you can honestly port it into any twisted world of your own design, provided it supports those three aspects of ghosts, trains, and ghost busting. And if you follow those three rules, you can pretty much plop it down in whatever whatever setting of your own devices you choose to create. Uh, we'll be doing quite a bit of creation of our, our own environment and also in adhering at least to those two pages in... Blades in the Dark, which define the Shattered Isles and and have the map. So we'll be trying to stick to that somewhat as we go forwards. But if you're a big Blades in the Dark fan and you listen to this podcast and you get you get upset because I didn't do something right, uh, you know, leave me a comment, shoot me an email and I'll I'll listen to your feedback.
2: Send (laughs) an accursed letter. Yes,
0: Uh, actually text, email, too little, too late. You need to go back in time and stop me and it's (laughs) up to you to do it.
2: It's the only way.
0: The ball's in your court. Anyway, that's uh, enough for me at the start of this podcast. Let's, uh, let's talk about our esteemed guests who will be joining me on this adventure tonight and when we, when we record the rest of the game, beginning with...
2: Hello, I am Angelica, more often known as Jell, the voice that signals echoes of the past.
3: And I'm Josby, your friendly neighborhood degenerate.
1: I'm Emma, and I'm excited to play D&D with my friends. It's not D&D. Let me try that again. I'm Emma and I'm excited to play Ghost Lines with my friends.
4: And I'm Nico and even the most horrible eldritch abomination or ghost says trans rights. Hell yeah.
0: Hell
2: yeah. Hell yeah. I'm surprised no one questioned what I said.
4: It's just true.
2: We know you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm specifically referring to the fact that it's my voice that is that is uh, last time on on Dragon oh. Ball Z, or whatever, the, whatever the. I can't even remember what. <laughs> was that I recorded last time
1: on dragons of the apocalypse dragons
2: of the apocalypse
4: <laughs> okay there was actually a movie about that in the 90s with like post-apocalypse and yeah. there dragons everywhere i never watched it but it seems like a fun if wacky premise <laughs>
1: wow. it's a hell of a thing i've watched bits of it i'm trying to remember the name of it i cannot i want to say it's called inferno or something like that
0: <laughs> so you, you mentioned dragons and an apocalypse and i was just like never-ending story is that you
1: <laughs> last time on trials of the apocalypse is what i meant to say and is what angelica says
0: <laughs> that's okay hopefully hopefully our guests know uh know the name of the podcast <laughs> well now
1: i want to call it dragons of the apocalypse because i think that sounds like more fun
2: i you said dungeons and dragons and then you said dragons of the apocalypse i feel like you really want there to be a dragon hey david can we make a ghost dragon be in the ghost
5: lines a dragon um.
4: ghost. I, I want to pause it real quick. Just a thing before that, that would create a problem with acronym. We would collide with a very well-known multiplayer online <laughs> battle arena. Oh no! Yeah, uh, we would go from, Toda,
0: from oh, Tota
4: from T O T A to Dota. Dota. No. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, nice. a fate worse than death.
5: <laughs> uh, okay, but ghost
2: dragon for real.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll consider it. Also, I say that you all are starting in this game at level zero. Do you think you're ready to take on a fucking ghost dragon? Well,
2: let's level the fuck up then, and not be little bitches anymore.
0: <laughs> level one—that's <laughs> up to you.
2: Yeah, I mean, after all, we probably won't level up in this game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> level level one dragon, level one hundred crook. <laughs> uh, oh Emma, don't say that. Don't say we won't level up because then we will. That's how this—that's how this works. That
1: was—that was the joke. Yes,
0: I was there for Apocalypse World. Anyway, tonight, well, not really tonight, this time we're going to be smartly splitting these up. So we're going to be recording the prep tonight, and then we'll be recording the actual game in two days time on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. We'll be indoors playing our Ghostbusters on trains. Uh, Can we just like stop and appreciate the fact that there just wasn't enough trains in the movie Ghostbusters?
2: (laughs) Is that why we're doing this?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm doing. This. <laughs> I mean that in a world that is uh, almost eternally in darkness, as the sun has been burnt down to an ember and only appears at dawn and dusk. Mood. Also, ghosts.
5: Ghost mood. I have a question. Yeah, let me hear you. Um, how do plants work? Barely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I think you got to charge them up with things other than sunlight.
4: Yeah, uh, if I recall right, per Blades in the Dark and whatnot, there is a a lot of agriculture is actually various mushroom farms under underground and sometimes underwater. Uh, society is very much dependent upon the sea, and for what the sea cannot provide, there are the ghost lines.
1: Oh no, Soylent green is people.
4: Obviously. <sighs>
0: Soylent, if you want, sponsor us. Huh? Isn't there a company, Soylent?
4: Yeah. I'm not sure if that's their company name, but yes, there is such a place. There's there's
0: a product line called Soylent, and everybody's Mm -hmm. like, Isn't that people? And they're like, No. (laughs) Yes, but please buy it anyway.
1: There's so joy. (laughs) There is Soylent. It's a, I think it's a protein
3: drink. I think if you were going to name anything Soylent, protein shake is not a good thing.
5: Why? Because
3: it's way too close.
1: Because of the reference that I just made to soylent
2: green being people.
3: Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Have,
4: have y'all drunk people before?
2: I'm like, I'm so confused. Is the fact that it's liquid make it more likely to be people in
4: no, it?
1: The, the fact it's that it's because it's, good it's called soylent. And then he's saying because it's protein
2: and because eating people would be protein. Oh,
5: oh,
4: in liquid oh okay. Form. All right, oh. sorry.
2: I'm having a slow day.
4: I still question how it is you know so dear to your heart that people are good protein, Joesby.
2: Nico, are you not made of meat?
4: <laughs> no comment.
0: <laughs> we are we are getting wildly off pace. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is only a four-page document, so there's not nearly as much to go over as there was with Apocalypse World or Undying. All that being said, I think we're going to spend quite a bit of time fleshing out some of our world building in that portion of this setup episode, so we will reserve ourselves some time then. Uh, but first, uh, let's talk about sort of the, the critical elements of Ghost Lines. Uh, it is a game which you as the players, you don't so much have playbooks, but you do all possess four fine, wonderful stats, uh, and those are Force, Finesse, Insight, and steel. And uh, to go briefly over what those basically employ, force is you roll force if you're doing something forceful, you're trying to do damage, you're trying to break something, uh, you're kicking somebody real good. <laughs> that that could have been better, but it's fine. It's uh, like
1: rolling hard in apocalypse world.
0: Yeah, similar to rolling hard. We have finesse of uh, where you do something you know quickly, or you're trying to do something acrobatic, or you're I don't know picking a lock. Uh, Those sort of activities are all finesse-type activities. There's insight, uh, which is very similar to reading a situation in Apocalypse World, where you can inspect what's going on, and then, based on your role, you can ask a series of questions that will help you gain a better idea of the situation. And layered atop these stats, you have another core skill that is to assist, and that's for all of force, finesse, and insight. You can also, uh, whenever you roll, depending on how strong your success is, you get to choose multiple options. Uh, in the case of Assist, you can instead opt to take one of your, your bonuses for either Force, Finesse, or Insight on a roll to instead help somebody else with their roll or to interfere with somebody and make their roll more difficult. Lastly, there is Steal. Uh, steal is when you try to limit the damage you take or try to do something similar sort of uh to doing something under fire and also a little bit similar to the suffering harm mechanic in apocalypse world as well but basically if you're under duress if you're at risk of injury if you're at risk of horror you'll roll steel and uh, try to resist some negative effects from that Uh, and that's sort of the the core moves the core stats of ghost lines you have force finesse insight steel with assists sort of trickled in there for force, finesse and insight. Does that make sense? I think so. So apart from your sort of basic stats and skills, there's also a few things of value in this game. Those are chits, stash and favors. Chits are your basic currency. It's the money you get paid for, uh, you know, for a job. It's the money you get paid for a side job. It's, it's what you can exchange for goods and services elsewhere in the game. Stash is a bit different. Stash is like the the chits you have hidden away for your eventual retirement. Uh, and that's because you do not want to be working on the ghost lines always, forever, for your whole life. You will die if you work on the ghost lines for your whole life. It is a very dangerous place to work. Uh, you do, of course, get something like hazard pay. That is, you get paid for the hazards you deal with. <laughs> uh, probably not an especially greater amount, although you do get paid more if you dealt with a more difficult ghost. So there is there is that. So I guess there's, there's some semblance of hazard pay in this world. But stash is the chit you have stored away so that one day you may retire. That's something that in a longer form version of this game, it's something you're going to want to... Uh, it's sort of like your score that you develop throughout the game as you're trying to get your character into a position where they can uh, live the high life or live their best life and not have to work these dangerous ghost lines anymore. Uh, Favors are uh, another currency all their own. Favors is uh, sort of similar to debt from Undying. Favors are what you've earned by doing side jobs, by doing things for other people. You can now get them to do things for you or to get information for you. It's basically your street cred on top of the shit that you can make from doing different jobs. Those are your three types of currency to the game, with stash being sort of your attempt to one day retire from this from this harsh life which you found yourself in that's most of that's most of the first page (laughs) Uh, this again this game uh it there's not there's not a bunch to it there's similar to apocalypse world you do have a harm table that is a clock the first three segments are your first segment of harm the next three are your next segment And then you get into more permanent damage with six to nine and then extra permanent damage with nine to to 10. And then when you go in a critical space from 10 to 11, 11 to 12. So that seems to be uh, pretty much identical to Apocalypse World. And then uh, you also have a trauma meter, which looks the same. It's just uh, psychological damage as opposed to the physical kind, because we're in a world with big, scary things. And sometimes they don't leave your head in a good spot once you're done seeing them and so we have a trauma meter as well
2: i mean that's more realistic than the ability to retire (laughs) (laughs) we need a union
0: and some therapists (laughs) yes we do oh man (laughs) unionizing the ghost lines the game
2: (laughs) Sounds like something we
4: would try to do. Oh no, unionize me, daddy. <laughs> Nico. <laughs> uh, listen, y'all invited me to this show and you sure are getting me. Don't are apologize all good? for being who you are. And
3: Nico, meme lord supreme.
0: <laughs> so the, the second page uh, of the book is all about your character creation and, and what goes into that. We're going to circle back to that because first I want to talk just a little bit about this setting, sort of broadly, and what this book does provide to you if you're trying to run a game in this system, especially run uh, one over multiple sessions. We're, of course, going to be running a one shot with this. So, not all these things are going to be matter to us, but there's still very valuable things that are a part of this. I mean, for being just four pages, it feels very fleshed out to me with how long standing of a game you could run with this system. Uh, I think it's really impressive. Um, but uh, on the ghost lines uh, there's a there's a section that sort of goes over a little bit of uh, information about this world and if you've ever played blades in the dark you're already familiar with many of these things there is the imperium which has united the shattered isles which the shattered isles Originate because of a great cataclysm that occurred, which is what broke the gates of death and released all these ghosts in this world. It's what reduced the sun to a mere ember. And the isles are surrounded by this endless sea, this ocean that is dark and full of stars and monsters and ghosts and all sorts of wonderful undead things. So that's the general surroundings. This is a world that was once magical, which has now found itself on the other side of a great and terrible event. And that once sort of pleasant magical world has been reduced to one that is full of its own horrors and people just struggling to make a life uh, in this very, very difficult world that they find themselves in. So the players in Ghost Lines take the role of the line bulls, which are essentially muscle that are hired to protect the Ghost Line trains. Uh, the Ghost Lines being trains that run between the different shattered aisles, not So protected from the ghosts, which may haunt the isles and the seas which surround them. But you're there to protect them. You as the line bulls are muscle. You are trying to keep the ghosts out of the train. You're there to eliminate any ghosts that would threaten it and deal with, honestly, any sort of problems that might come up on the train. That's the general job of the players in this game. And in order to support multiple session play for this... A lot of things are provided in, the, in this very short manual that I think are really helpful to any DM, GM. There are lots of different role tables that can help you design encounters and design sessions around. For example, there's a section for events on the line. So, you know, the train has to stop. You could roll for that. The train can't stop. Someone has uh, incapacitated the engineer, perhaps. throttles damaged. There's a supernatural event, uh, time slows or speeds up, the landscape shifts around the train, mass amnesia on the train, that sort of thing. There's a ghost. There's several ghosts. There's a ghost that's especially scary, uh, worth five clears, not necessarily a human spirit. Ghost dragon, perhaps. Ghost dragon. Uh, so you can roll for those sorts of things. You can roll for uh, side jobs. You can roll for rumors and leads that can help you shape a story around things that are happening on the train. You can roll for different information around a patron that might support the players in a side job. Uh, You can roll for city events in case you've stopped in one of the many cities on the map. You can roll for ghost qualities. You can roll for NPC features. There's really a lot that can help you build a game very quickly. And it's something that I'm very impressed by. John Harper, who wrote the game... It's really well done. Again, I I have very, very high regard for what was accomplished with it. And I hope that we'll find in playing it that it's just as fun as it looks. Uh, So that's sort of the basic goings-ons. If you're a GM, what you have in order to help you set up a game like this. Let's Let's talk about character creation a little bit. There's a nifty little section for character creation. You end up choosing a badge and a name from those they have below. Or, of course, you can always add your own. You can always homebrew things. You're going to be assigning your points to Force Finesse Insider Steel. And then you'll also... Nope, that's it. (laughs) That's, That's like the beauty of this game. It's actually remarkably simple to set up as well. So, Angelica. Uh, what do you got going on?
2: Yeah. Um, okay. So so I've conceived of this character by the name of Strathmill Caro. She's a disgraced noble from Akoros, disinherited from her family due to her inability to sit down and shut up and because she loves getting into fistfights. Uh, her family sent her to the ghost lines basically to get rid of her. They told her that she could earn her right back into the family, but Strathmill, she's pretty convinced that her family just wants her to die. But she's uh she's going to do her darndest not to. So I chose Okoros as my homeland, chose Sharp and Noble as my gifts for an extra point in Insight and an extra point in Will. And my stat build overall, I took a point away from Finesse because I thought that that would be fun for her to be bad at something. So I could give her an extra point in Force so she can knock some, some motherfuckers out. And uh, with the plus one insight from Sharp, that gives her a two, plus two force, minus one finesse, plus one insight, plus one steel for the main stats. Uh, was there anything else I should say about her?
0: I think you already mentioned sort of where you're from. I think that's the, the other thing. You need to pick where you're from uh, of the islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll, uh, after we do character introductions, we'll talk a little bit about the general world and what can be found there, how the different states within the imperium uh, how they differ from one another so yeah no that's good thank you joe Josby. what are you doing all right so my
3: character xeric nora he's from i'm gonna pronounce it uh correct. i think
0: it's probably Tychros.
3: tykeros the gifts that i've chosen because i i accidentally cheated I did not realize that that was not a place I could, I could make my character from. So I just chose two gifts, tough and swift. So minus one harm and um, speed, I guess. So he comes from Tychros to escape capital punishment after, after killing his own brother, a soldier in the kingdom's military. He works the rails as a way for building up some income while he explores the other lands in search for a new place to call home. I've got plus one on force, minus one finesse, zero insight, and plus two to steal.
1: Very nice.
5: Very nice. Uh, How about you, Emma?
1: My character's name is Katterjune Haig. She's from Aruvia. She's just a small town girl living in a lonely world. She took the midnight train going anywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, for her gifts from Arubia, I picked Nimble, which gives her plus one finesse. And I picked Sly, which gives her a free extra insight question, which is pretty cool. For stats, it was supposed to add up to two, right?
0: Yes, it'll sum it to two. Uh, highest you can go on any one is three. Lowest you can go on any one is minus one.
1: Okay. And... That's before gifts. Yes. Okay. So I did zero in force, two in finesse, one in insight, and zero in steel. So this will be fun.
0: Okay, cool. And then from the, from the same country of origin, uh, Nico, who are you playing?
4: Yes, from the same region of Aruvia as well. Bright Harbor, I think, hails Rowan Polonia. She worked on the shipyards, uh, the Leviathan hunters that go out into sea to obtain Leviathan oil, fueling the lightning barriers that keep human civilization alive. She worked there from a a very young age of 11, and she gradually took on more and more work, more and more jobs, managing to make her way alone on the streets in the Few friends that she was able to make and keep in, their, in her time, eventually landing on board one of the Leviathan hunting vessels herself. However, there was a mishap at sea. Demons befell the ship, and somehow she came away unscathed. She's been working her best to flee ever since, never saying what it is exactly that she's running from. Being from Aruvia as well, she has nonetheless picked two different Perks, if you will, she is attuned. She assists better at plus two instead of plus one, and she is swift. She's simply faster. Her stats are zero force, one finesse, zero insight, and one steel. I like to think that a balanced head and a balanced approach to things is what has kept her alive so long.
0: Yeah, actually, I really like uh this team comp. We've got no two no two members that are too similar. On the ghost lines, you as the bulls will be taking on uh, four distinct roles that are going to determine what equipment you have and what your general purpose is in any encounter with ghosts. Those roles are Rook, Spider, Owl, and Anchor. Uh, Have you all taken a look at that in the book yet?
2: Yeah, a little bit. I've looked at it, but I don't know that I understand it. Yeah, it sounds like we pick those before each encounter, basically. Or how does that work exactly?
0: I sort of think of this more as picking it before a job. Like right. you, mm-hmm. you have the role of anchor for this job, and that means that you're going to carry certain equipment and you're going to behave a certain way in a fight.
4: The way I like to think of it is every job is air quotes one line and you pick up one set of equipment for that run, if you will okay the difference in
0: equipment at least between them is your rook gets a heavy lightning hook the spider gets a lightning web thrower uh, and a bandolier of spirit bottles quantity four the owl gets spirit goggles and a spare lightning oil canister and the anchor gets a heavy encounter suit which counts as one extra armor and has an electro field on it so for this upcoming job Now that we've established your characters as is, uh, we're going to sort of start moving into the portion of this setup episode where we let's do some world building to find sort of how things are. And then also we're going to define how your characters have interacted up until this point. So we have a good basis before we start into our one shot. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit is the various lands you're from. So, Aruvia in the book is referred to as a land of black deserts, obsidian mountains, and raging volcanoes. Some say that positions of power in Aruvia are openly held by demons. The people are generally amber skinned and dark haired. So, we have two people from Aruvia, Rowan and Catterjoon. Now, Rowan, you said you were in Bright Harbor. Caterjun. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you picked
1: Sunfall is fun. That's a fun name.
0: Sunfall is a good name, huh?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Why is it called Sunfall?
1: You would ask me that. Um, Why is it called Sunfall? It is called Sunfall because... So the sea looks like it's just glistening with stars, basically, from underneath?
0: Yeah. I want you to think in, say... In a very, like, Lovecraftian sky sort of way, as a sky of endless stars of impossible distance and depth and existential dread baked in. Only instead, in this world, that's all undada sea.
1: So, when the sun sets, what little of the sun there is left, because of the position of the town and the position of it on the water it looks like the sun is falling
5: into the water. Okay.
0: Actually, the Sunfall is sort of positioned there next to a, a little bit of a bay of some kind there on the coast of Aruvia. Mm-hmm. I could imagine that it looks like the sea is swallowing it right there. Yep. And that happening right behind the town is why it's referred to as Sunfall. Just building a little bit of detail brick by brick. Um, now are you so- going to ask Nico
1: why hers is called Bright Harbor? <laughs>
0: Well, I feel like that one's a little bit more self-explanatory.
1: Oh, okay. So it's just me you're picking on. <laughs>
4: <laughs> For what it's worth, I do have an idea in mind. Oh, yeah? Tell me. I like to think that of the cities of Aruvia, Bright Harbor is kind of the center of electroplasm and lightning tower technologies. And as a result, the Leviathan trade is especially active there. And so is, of course... The products of that uh, are lightning hooks, for example, may have come from Bright Harbor. And while every town glows in the eternal twilight that is the Shattered Isles, due to the lightning towers, of course, Bright Harbor, it is said, it is said shines just a little brighter, a reminder of the world as it once was.
0: Yeah, I imagine the, the lamps there, there's more of them, they're manufactured there. And uh, it's a, a city, a shining city, an example of what other cities in Aruvia could strive to be if they could only maintain the same level of commerce as Bright Harbor. The same level of connection to the trade of the of the Imperium. I like that. Uh, so Sunfall, Bright Harbor. Uh, let's talk to you, Angelica. Where's Strathmill from exactly? In was it Severus or Acherus that you were from?
2: Koros, yeah, I, um, I honestly had not thought about it until you started asking this question. I was going to be boring and just go with Imperial City, just because, you know, sounds like there'd be important people there. I was going to say, you are a
1: disgraced noble, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. although Strathmel is absolutely a completely fake name. Like, whatever her name was before, she's not going to utter it to anyone.
0: Oh, I like that. Now I'm glad I asked, because now we know that extra detail about Strathmill. So, so you grew up in the Imperial City, um, or, or in and around the Imperial City, we should say. I spread that out a little bit because your noble family might not be a you know, primary noble oh, family.
5: Yeah.
2: There's somebody. Uh,
0: there's, there's somebody. And you have lived your life up until the point where you were ousted from your family, safe within the, the walls of the city, within the... Well, you referred to them a moment ago, Nico. They're the electro...
4: Electroplasm. That's the stuff that ghosts are made of, by and large.
0: We just take the goats and we put them through the grinder and then we make our walls out of them.
5: The goats? <laughs> the goats. The goats?
0: goats. The
4: goats? Ghosts. <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> I don't know about you, but this, that slip-up really grinds my goat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really gets my goat
2: gets my gears
0: oh actually I haven't tried uh
2: yeah that's pretty good
3: (laughs) it's been a while
0: since I've heard you bleat I know every time a ghost appears
1: David can make fox sounds now too
0: that's true I've been listening to fox noises on YouTube
1: why
4: it's not a weird thing don't think about it well Uh... I mean he's he's gonna be able to tell us what the fox says you know oh my god David what does the fox say
0: Oh, I, I can't do that right now. Right now. My vocal cords are already a little bit weary from uh, we'll save that for a future game where that comes into play. All right. Uh, th- there is actually a game called the the Warren where you play. It's a generational play about rabbits. Ooh. And I could definitely bring a fox character into that. And then I can make some fox noises for everybody. But excellent.
3: So you just play Zootopia.
0: It's not rabbit people. It's rabbits.
3: I didn't say rabbit people. Zootopia isn't about rabbit people.
0: It's about rabbits. Uh,
3: about
5: rabbits.
0: <laughs> They're pretty anthropomorphic.
3: <laughs> Moving on.
0: <clears throat> anyway, you, you grew up in and around the Imperial City now for the first time in your life, living on the lamb. Well, not only on the lamb, but living on the edge. Living
5: on, on the, the lamb. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Much like a goat living on the edge of a mountain that's true living on the edge uh i'm on the edge oh that's what i was thinking glory. i
5: almost
2: sang it and then i didn't because i thought oh that wouldn't be a good thing to do in the middle of a podcast recording
0: oh that's a lie and then our gm did it anyway <laughs> uh if you if you don't sing at least once in the podcast what are we even doing
4: i'll work my um, way
0: up to it getting demonetized <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh, Hey, they can't demonetize us if it's all our own parodies, original artworks.
1: They also can't demonetize us if we're not making any money anyway. <laughs> Bingo!
4: <laughs> hey,
0: uh, speaking of not making any money anyways, uh, well, actually, wait, before I drift too far off, uh, I described Aruvia, but I didn't actually read the little blurb for Akoros, which is where Strathmill is from. So Akoros is a land of dark, Petrified forests, and rocky hills. The rich coastal cities get their wealth from leviathan hunting and from mining colonies deep inland. The acarosi are sometimes called Imperials since the Imperium began there. They're generally fair-skinned and dark of hair. So, it's, it's the, of course, the Imperial capital is there, but it is where the, the Akarosi, uh where they started their, I'm assuming, where they started their conquering from. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's got to start. Everything starts somewhere, right? Yeah. And in the case of the Shattered Isles, it all started with a Yeah, uh, I do want to take this as an opportunity to talk about something that we sort of decided outside of the setup. We talked about how nobles, um, Akrosi nobles of the Imperium, they have uh, in their ears a plug type gauge that is made out of like solid gold uh, mm-hmm. in one of their ears, usually the left. And the larger that plug is, the more important the noble or the noble family is. And so even as a disgraced noble, uh, Strathmill still has one of these. Uh, oh, right. Yeah,
2: but it's, it's painted black. So it looks ordinary, but it could be recognized.
0: Yeah, I think it is Akarosi culture to have those sorts of uh, ear piercings. But seeing the gold ones is what makes it immediately indicative that this person is not only Akarosi, but they are of nobility. Gotcha. So it's not totally unlikely to see somebody with one, but those in the know, know. You know, know? Yeah. So we'll, we'll uh, get back to more about Akaris probably in the course of this. But first, we're going to leave the uh, the aisles entirely to a, a nearby area, the... The distant land of Tycharos, of Tycharos, of... Did you just
1: t- say the t- nearby area of the distant land of Tycharos?
3: Well, <laughs> that's what it's normally called, yes.
0: It's left... F- it says far off land, disconnected from the Empire, right? Yeah. Uh... So, and, and the Tykarosi are referred to as strangers uh-huh. uh, by those of the Empire. Ne- near,
2: nearby area of the distant land. It's still...
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> Hear me out. On the map, on the map, it has like a little arrow pointing off map to Taikoros, but it doesn't have that for anywhere else, right? So it has I mean, to be closer than anywhere else.
2: It's just endless starry ocean.
4: Yeah, to be fair, the length of that rail bridge to the edge of the map where the Titros uh, arrow label is, is about the width of one of the Shattered Isles. That's
5: true.
3: And it just, it keeps going. What if Titros was just a small island that looked like an arrow?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Please, no we're also assuming that this uh that the the map what's it called uh projection projection that the map projection is representing all of these aisles you know somewhat faithfully oh that's a really good point thank you because like
2: what map projection is this mercator i mean mercator i don't know how you pronounce i was gonna say mercator I'm pretty sure it's Mercator. But but
1: I really want a character named Mercator now. Um, (laughs) Mercator is definitely a Beyblade.
2: Um, (laughs) Is there a Beyblade apocalypse world?
0: Uh, There could be.
1: Well, I haven't created a tabletop RPG system, but I mean... Beyblade, if you want to sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> Beyblade,
2: call us.
3: Do they even anyway. still do things? Oh, yeah. but they do?
2: Beyblade had a show, Josby.
3: Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't know if they're still doing things.
2: I mean. Now's your time to get back in
1: the game, Beyblade. Yeah. You've gotten a little bit more popular recently because some YouTubers have done some stuff with you.
4: Uh, and of course, everyone knows that the podcast is the primary means by which folks consume media in our year, 2020.
1: I, I thought mean, you were going to say. I thought you were going to say that uh, that the podcast was the way that people mostly consumed Beyblade media. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it could be. It could be Beyblade.
4: It very well could be. I mean, as it is right now, I think it, mostly people consume Beyblade media by eating their Beyblades, but that could just be a rumor.
1: Billy, what was your favorite episode of Trial of slip the Apocalypse? I like the one where they talked about Beyblade for a long
4: time. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like Beyblades. <laughs> David, I hope you know that you're going to get that engraved as a quote. <laughs> no.
2: We need shirts
1: that say I just really like Beyblades. Oh my god. Hey, oh my god. Oh hey, guys, man. tell me if this idea has legs. Beyblade ASMR?
2: Yes! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you put the microphone dangerously close to those spinning plastic blades!
4: <laughs> so, what are we going to name the spin-off show for Weird pitch <laughs> <shit> from <laughs> Trials of the Apocalypse? <laughs> spin-off.
3: Trials out of context.
4: <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god. Uh, I made a pun and I didn't even know it. Thank you, Emma, for completing <laughs> that for me.
1: She's a pundit. <sighs>
3: oh boy. Anyway. <laughs>
1: Okay, where were we?
3: Uh,
1: if everybody uh, does wordplay right. like, related to to the government, are they political pundits?
3: Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I as i picture. yeah, okay,
0: yeah, we, we we need to make a decision right here, right now. How are we pronouncing Tycharos? Tycharos? Tycharos?
3: I, I thought it was Tycharos at first, and then for some reason, I
4: changed it. Okay. So. Personally Starting I really like the cards C H and then soft O, so Ticheros. Starting with Angelica, how would
1: you pronounce it? Um probably Ticheros? Okay. Oh, Joe. <laughs>
3: I'm sorry.
2: Don't don't use mine.
3: <laughs> okay.
4: No, 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 this is good.
3: Okay, we have we have Tikaros. Uh Josby. What if nobody knows how to pronounce it?
0: No, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no alternatively every time we say it we have to say it a different way
1: <laughs> that's gonna get really complicated Josby, say it the way that you were saying it
3: i was saying ticheros
1: okay
0: but i could also so, go so, to ty- so we have we have we have tikeros we have taicheros. is that what you said you said tikeros well,
1: no tikeros he did a he he did a ch- <laughs>
0: What did well, I, I know, mean? I know that Josby did a chuh, Angelica. What, what do you say? I don't
2: know. Tikaros. Ticaros. Is that like what I said the first
0: time? I Something like it. Uh, David, in the future, roll back the record. <laughs>
1: How would you pronounce it? Probably Ticaros.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that's the way she said it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, he- hear me out. At least every character I'm going to voice, I'm going to attempt to say it a different way for each character, uh, if, if it comes up at all, because it is a far off land. Like, nobody knows how to pronounce that shit. It's not where they're from. Uh, so here's what I say. Josby, you are the only one here who's from this place. How do you say it? Okay, but what if I pronounce it
4: differently? <laughs> <laughs> do okay. you even call
1: it by that
4: name? Or is also, it something different? Also, also. Is it maybe some, one of those things where you, as a Tichorossi or a Tichorossi, like it's a national or a regional joke to confuse foreigners' pronunciation of the place.
2: Like drop bears.
4: Yeah. <sighs> and Vegemite. Everyone knows that doesn't it's, exist. It's, it's either that, where
3: I pronounce it differently every time just to confuse other people, or every time somebody pronounces it, which they will always pronounce it something different, I just have to, like, very quietly in the background just correct them. Like, it's cross. Taikoros. Cross.
1: Or is this, like, a, we call it China, but they call it jungle situation. Mmm. Or we call it Germany, and they call it
2: Deutschland. Oh, yeah. And the French call it Alemania for some reason. Mm-hmm.
0: Or we be. call it the United States, but it's really called
5: Merca. <laughs>
0: <laughs> David, redact that in the future. You don't actually believe that. <laughs> so yeah, well, I, well, I, I forget about nailing something down. I think it's funnier if we don't. Uh, so yeah. I think anyway, we've confused from, the Jospe. So yeah, we've we've sufficiently confused him. So Zerich, yeah. is that correct? Yeah. All right. So Zerich... Jisby, uh Zerik, your character. Correct. um You are from the land that shall not be named. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, w- one of the fun things it says about uh, Ticheros takeros T money. Uh, one of the things it says about about T money is that people from <laughs> there are rumored to have demon blood in their lineage. We don't have to decide now whether or not that's actually true or not. But what is important to discuss is. What's the story there, like wh like th- there's there's the the rumors that that is the case, but like okay. why, how? All right, so
3: so the two reasons why I picked the the land of tea uh, <laughs> <laughs> For my character, was because it specifically says that they're rudely called strangers and that they have demon blood in their lineage. But I was thinking of creating this character that one was like always correcting people and like being, like being offended by the word stranger. When I read that, I thought of a situation of like, oh, howdy stranger. And it's like, oh, fucking rude. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I cannot believe you would say that to me. <laughs> and then I liked this idea that it's it's just it, it's said that they have demon blood in their lineage. But even to the people of the land of tea, that could just be a myth. It could be
5: true. It could not be true. Maybe they don't even know.
3: Okay. And maybe so, they don't believe in demons maybe they Ooh, that could be interesting maybe they don't believe in demons maybe some older people are more a spiritual or have certain ideas of how things are in their minds but i was really just kind of like trying to give you something to mold if you wanted to do that or we could do it right now
0: let's keep some of that in our back pocket mostly just trying to frame out How it impacts you as a character. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing that I wanted to nail down real quick because it doesn't list anything uh helpful as far as like what people from Tyros generally look like. So I wanted to ask you if they are rumored to have demon blood in their lineage, that sounds to me like especially since they're they're from you know abroad somewhere. Yeah. What is are there any distinguishing features that make it Immediately obvious that a tikerosi is a stranger; that they are they're from this other place. Mm-hmm.
3: That's a good question. Um, distinguishable features that may have to do with like a quote unquote demon appearance,
0: maybe. Yeah, I, I mean there are some some features that might differ uh, among tikerosi, but something that's obvious enough that people would. If you know, if you weren't hiding it in some way, that they would immediately know that you're taikurosi, right? Uh, and then also, like, if that in some way links to the potential that you might have a demon daddy somewhere in there, <laughs> that would also be good.
3: I, I specifically say something that might cause them to look uh, a little demon esque because foreigners would pick out this this thing, and that could cause them to believe that. Oh, hey these people from this land they they're they have demon in their blood or whatever and this is the distinguishable feature that you know you can tell they're from that place
2: yeah so what's the feature
4: pick a fun trait and roll with it especially if it's like slightly weird or off-putting but not really like a hindrance or a help yeah i yeah, mean so what
0: what feels right
1: it would especially be fun if it's something that like could totally be explainable by normal means.
3: Oh, I kind of like that, actually. Be- because that also works into, like, my character of, like, oh, that person, that person's from Tycheros. He's a, he's a stranger. It should be like, come on, man. Like, really? 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 You're going to do that to me? Like, really? This is completely scientific. There's no, there's no demon blood.
1: He's lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my God. He has a very severe peanut allergy. He doesn't like to talk about it.
2: <sighs> fuck.
0: What are some? What are some good?
2: David, can I say fuck on your podcast?
0: Uh, I don't know. Try saying it. Fuck. Oh, it seems like you can. Did, did it go through?
1: <laughs> I didn't hear anything. Hey, Jill, try it again. <laughs>
2: oh. What, did it not work?
5: I think
3: no. we changed it in post.
2: Yeah. <laughs> David,
1: uh, for that part, I need you to add in the sound of a squeaky dog toy.
0: Oh, don't say that.
5: Oh, my God.
0: Oh, man. What, oh. what about, like, teeth? Oh, Ooh. <laughs> stop right there. What about teeth? <laughs> <laughs> we don't <cap>.
3: have. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, that's kind of cool. What? No, I was totally kidding. Okay, uh, then tell me. Then tell me I, I about your teeth. Say, I was just gonna say, consisting of uh, a, like a a different kind of diet, maybe like sharper fangs. Um, that'd be cool. Shark teeth. Okay.
5: Hell yeah. Shark teeth. Ooh-ha. Ooh ooh
0: ooh. <laughs> Yeah, hear me out, especially since like uh, a big tie of the Eldritch stuff in this game is in the sea, right? Mm-hmm. It's sort of, I always sort of think of it like the the sky was mirrored into it and with the cataclysm, the sky itself became the sea, right? And uh, what if you had like, like a shark, you have like two rows of teeth.
3: Okay. Two two rows of like
5: sharp.
0: Er, teeth. Sharper teeth. Okay, that's cool. Uh, that's really that's cool. Is something that like if you smiled would be apparent in in unnerving ways? Yeah. I yeah. dig it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's let's go for that.
5: <laughs> uh, uh
1: I just had a really cool idea. What if the sun looks bigger when it's reflected in the ocean than it looks like as it is in the sky? Ooh. That's sort cool. of
0: sort of a harkening back to its original state.
2: Yeah. I love
1: that. Yeah,
0: nice. The reflection is more true to reality than the reality.
2: Oh my god. This is getting deep.
0: Well, not until you get in the water, but yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my. No, god. but actually I was thinking about that looking at the map with like uh-huh. the trains going over the water like are we going to have some like sea train bullshit cuz I'm about it.
0: So I am also very, like, actually, you could could ask Emma. I am very much about the C-train bullshit. I'm so about C-train bullshit. But what
2: about the
1: A-train and the (laughs) B-train?
4: Listen, the B-train is a highly protected resource not to be shuttled around by novice bulls.
0: mm. We are going to be, we're going to be on A-train. And it's (laughs) it's
1: (laughs) it's going to be a (laughs) C-train.
3: We can only afford
0: economy. Yeah. (laughs) uh speaking of uh, speaking of affording economy uh economy oh Oh my god (laughs) (laughs) let's let's please don't make a d joke i i thought about it but then i thought that would be in poor taste and then i remembered angelica just like saying fuck on the record for the fun of it (laughs) and and then i realized this podcast has already devolved well past the point of having any sense of
4: decency well she didn't say fuck on the record she said fuck on the record very important difference.
2: We could do both. Um, You mean
1: (laughs) you mean D since (laughs) C?
4: Oh.
2: Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Back to what were we talking about? (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) Uh, We were talking about C trains. Right.
0: Go on. Okay. Cool. Is it my turn to talk? Yeah. (laughs) Please. Please. Oh man. No. 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 We're, We're all good here. So, yeah, they're, they're, we're we're going to have a train. Uh, actually, I wanted us to maybe pick out, uh, if we're looking at our map, let's pick our route that we're going to be running for this game. I think we're just going to be running from one city to the next. I, I don't think we're going to be able to do a multi-stop episode. I feel like we're going to have enough going on that we will not have, mm-hmm. not have time for a multi-stop. So I was originally thinking maybe from Sunfall to Irondale uh, in Severos, that's a that's a nice little C route. C train, C
2: train,
0: C, C train.
1: train. Not the A train, <laughs> not the B train. Be on a C
0: train. I say that we do have one more interesting option with Severus to Aruvia. We could go from Irondale to Mistport, which then takes us both over land and sea. Mm. Oh, I love that.
2: Yeah, no, let's do that one.
0: And especially since like, the different isles have very distinct climates, I'm imagining that little like, archipelago of islands that leads between the two has some weird blending of the two.
2: Yeah, let's do weird shit.
0: Uh, have we talked about Severus yet? I don't think no, so. Not
2: really, because none of our characters are from there.
0: Yeah, so, so Severus is described as a land of windswept plains covered in dark scrub and thorny growths. Outside the Imperial cities on the coast, some native Severosi still live in free tribes, scavenging the Deathlands on their ghost hunting horses. Oh, that's They're right. They're generally brown skinned and dark haired. Yeah, Severos has ghost hunting horses, which is just the dopest shit. I, I'm i sorry. <laughs> ghost hunting horses? Sign me up, please. So I, I love the idea that. We're sort of going to get to blend a little bit of Severos and Aruvia because uh, Aruvia, of course, has that really cool aesthetic of like black deserts, obsidian mountains, raging volcanoes, yeah. Uh, positions of power openly held by demons, which we should maybe chat about. But then marrying that with the the, the free wheeling scrub and thorny growths, tribes scavenging the Deathlands on ghost hunting horses—that's just like those two ideas together. I really much like so. Let's, let's go for that route. Yeah. Let's do Irondale to Mistport. Okay. Uh, and l- that brings us back to Aruvia for a second. Uh, so what about these demons? Hmm? I, uh, I hear they rule there. Is that a, is that a thing? You, you locals?
1: I think Caterjoon is pretty sure that people think that demons rule it because most people can't read and the people in charge can
4: read. I don't know. I think Rowan thinks, like, she can read, but I think she also kind of believes that with her encounters around the shipyard and at sea that one fateful night. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's no one walking around with, like, sprouted horns or anything, but it is often whispered in the bars of Bright Harbor, Uduasha, and other towns that. You know, someone encountered this noble once and, oh, their eyes just looked so strange. And then I blinked and I was back home and this paper was signed or something like that. My, my.
2: I do love those two, like, competing ideologies, though.
0: I think they're both around. Yeah, I, I like the idea that they both exist. And I think the the one that, like, the thought that maybe it is true uh, is perhaps the... F- Almost like it's weird to say this, but like the more official story, uh, I imagine there's a little bit of I don't know about anxiety, but some clash between uh, Acoros and the more formal Imperium and the the less tamed lands of Aruvia and their integration into that bureaucracy, I feel like has been very much on their terms. And that might not sit as well with the the folks back in Imperial City and Akaros.
1: And the other thing to kind of remember when it comes to a story like demons openly running things is that's crazy to us that that would be like the official story. But this is a world where magic is a thing and we have clear proof that there is some sort of afterlife because there are ghosts. So, like, obviously these things exist.
0: Yeah, no, I'm starting to to get ideas for what to do as far as this game. I already had several ideas for what we should do in this in this one shot, but now I'm crystallizing that into a clearer image about what would be really exciting for these characters. So actually, I want to... We, we sort of talked a little bit about your homelands and your relationship to them one way or another. Before we we wrap up for this setup, I wanted to talk about two important things. One is just each of your characters as individuals, what are some events that have shaped them in their life and and how has that shaped them as a person? And then after we've done that for everyone, I want to talk about how you all have come to work together because you each have sort of different levels of experience on the lines or in other similar environments. And I want to talk about how I don't really want this to be your first job together it's almost always better if characters already have some kind of relationship. So we have those two questions on the table. If you're, you're up for it, we could do this in the same order we've been going in. Angelica, would you be ready to talk a little bit about Strathmill?
2: Um, I can make some shit up.
0: <laughs> That's the way.
2: <laughs> well, so, so I mean, certainly one of the most notable things from her past would be the fairly, fairly recent being kicked out because I would say that probably for most of her life, she's just been riding on her privilege. She, I mean, she she she's very pugnacious. She's pugnacious and a bit of a contrarian. She likes to argue with people. And when they argue back, she tends to argue with her fists. <laughs> and she, she's uh, uh, just gone into trouble over and over and over again, and basically not had to face any consequences until she got shipped off to the ghost lines because her 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 noble family shielded her you know that they would they would treat her like shit because she was rebellious but they also you know were probably not also the, the best family ever one of i think that is uh, going to be a big thing for her is that she's going to be adjusting to not always getting her way and is is going to maybe have some trouble with making other people mad because like i i would say that probably the the family she's from are not fighters and that's part of why she's as strong as she is is because like that was the way that she found to like stand out and like the only way she could make herself heard is by being more violent than the rest of her family and so the fights that she's gotten into are a big thing that has shaped her and the fact that she finally like is facing consequences for her actions on the ghost lines is is a big part of what shapes who she is right now.
0: I like it. Got a lot of got a lot of growth ahead for that character. Absolutely. Like. josby what are you what are you thinking about for Xeric? Mm. Oh, and uh, uh tied with that is sort of what's your character's like goal? What's their what's their drive? So I imagine this kingdom
3: or or government system in Tycheros is more corrupt uh at least the way i had it in my head mm-hmm. and that he xeric and his brother come from a very modest more probably probably from like a poorer family doing what they can to just kind of you know, keep a roof over their head and, and make ends meet and, and eat when they can. He would actually be closer with his brother growing up. And the whole reason in my mind, he doesn't kill his brother out of hatred or spite or anything like that. I was kind of picturing his brother probably steals something, uh, and gets caught and to serve out his punishment he has to serve in that government system's military and with that comes like both physical and and mental torture being you know told to complete missions that are very shady basically staining his hands and, and carrying out missions that are definitely immoral. Zeric kills him basically out of mercy because mm-hmm. even if he, even if he had found a way to escape with his brother, the things that he had to do were probably bad enough to where it's like, he would have to live with that for the rest of his so... life.
0: But I didn't have anything like specific built out. The cool thing that flows really neatly with that is there is your trauma clock and yeah. ghost lines. Mm-hmm. And in the case where you hit 12 o'clock on your harm clock, you, you die. But if you hit 12 o'clock on your trauma clock, your mind just shatters. And I think that's what happened to your brother. Okay. I think he, he saw too many things that, that tortured him inside and he was never able, able to recover from that harm. Mm-hmm. As as a mercy to him, in trying to leave your homeland, you killed him.
1: Ooh, and then the reason that you were put on, like, were were exiled, or you ran away.
3: Yeah, because I'm escaping cap- capital punishment for killing. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think it was more for for harming, for destroying government property.
3: Yeah, not actually taking a life. Oh, that's good. Mm. Uh, wh- what was your brother's name
5: uh, <laughs> um i have uh
0: cobreth, cobreth. I'm, I'm happy enough with that uh, c- c- people who've been critical to your life it's always useful to have a name for so yeah so uh, let's let's move on to you emma with or June. significant life event sort of what's your goals and stuff now Oh, uh, actually, did, did you talk about your goal now, Zurich? Um, Yeah, that's kind of, fo- that just kind
3: of follows the uh, stuff from earlier. He works the rails as a way of building up income while he explores the other lands in search for a new place to call home. Oh, yeah.
1: Right on.
0: All right, Catterjoon.
1: I think that Catterjoon is an orphan and has grown up in Sunfall in some sort of system, in some sort of home. It's probably not uncommon to have orphans because there's a lot of death in this world, I imagine. I
0: I sort of imagine also that orphans are often funneled into jobs like these.
1: Yeah, I could see that. And I think that they, they don't bother to teach them much, just sort of the basics. Another body on the line, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And I think that for whatever reason, for a very long time, Katterjoon did not believe in ghosts. She didn't believe in ghosts. She didn't believe in demons. She didn't believe in anything that was particularly supernatural. She basically thought that people were ascribing some sort of personality to things that were, were not alive. Or, you know, didn't have, a, didn't have a psyche. And then she started working on the, the ghost lines which are called the ghost lines for a reason. (laughs) Uh, And that changed real quick. So she's on board now, but (laughs) on board. Uh, (laughs) But she's also kind of like coming to terms with what this actually means and what it, because I think she had a very different idea of, of what her life on the lines was going to be. I think that she probably thought that, like, yeah, there were dangers, but people would blow them up out of proportion because they wanted to keep the pay decently high and, like, essentially keep other people from taking their jobs. And that's not so much the case. I think she's kind of cynical is what I'm hearing about myself as...
0: <laughs> so then I have a question uh, about June. Is her goal more like... Xerix where it's trying to build up some funds get some exposure and find a place to settle down or is Katarjun's more to philosophically arrive at a conclusion or an understanding about this world?
1: That's a really good question.
0: Like, Does she want to, now that she's seen this does she want to know more and understand more or does she just want to get out?
1: I think that day to day there's definitely a survival element but in the moments when she has downtime between between missions between work it does strike her that like we could learn more about this we could do this in a a better way we could work together in a better way we could unionize <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yeah <laughs> So I I think that's a a big part of it is like wanting to and and I think like we've probably been working together for a little bit so I think that she probably kind of wants to protect her friends too.
0: Trying to protect the things she's found value in in this life. Yeah. Okay. Nico with Rowan, uh, how about you you tell us a little bit about some something that's shaped her and then what's happened?
4: Sure. So That's what your goals are. Yeah, I figured that kind of with her talents from her homeland really she was on her own generally speaking from a very young age, but despite that has managed to make her way because she's been able to do right by people and make friends here and there and not all of those friendships have lasted in the intense lives that so many Iruvians, Akarosi, and Severosi, and Tetrosi all lead, but... Whoa, hold the presses. Are you telling me four kids lied to me as a
0: child? (laughs) Friendship isn't both the most powerful force ever created, but also doesn't always last forever? What?
4: The power of friendship doesn't fix everything. I'm sorry to ruin your childlike innocence at, what, the age of 23, 24? (laughs) Oh, I'm older than that, but... Well, we'll pretend you're younger for the sake of the joke. Oh, yeah. I'm
5: 14.
4: <laughs> oh, God. Yo, really... Danny Phantom, he was just 14.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, This is the game for Danny Phantom, huh?
1: I really, right. really hope that my husband is not 14 because I have some things to
4: explain if that's the case. But yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about the friendships she made along the way.
4: <laughs> yes. Um... At first, like she really just kind of banged together with random kids out on the streets who were themselves working whatever jobs they could for chit and coin and stale piece of bread if they were lucky, eels if they were not. And yeah, uh, that's kind of shaped her. And so she's always sought to kind of build those connections. And I think it was the incidents, sudden. And unstoppable severing of a number of those connections that has driven her to stay on the move, to try and not set down roots, either in a place or with people. But I think that despite that impulse for survival, she finds she keeps on doing that anyway.
0: So you're you're sort of the antithesis then of Zeric. You're you are not looking to to settle down. You're looking to stay moving, to stay
4: ahead of whatever it is that haunts you. hmm I think... I it, like that. Yeah, but she winds up building connections anyway, and yeah. that will probably burn her someday, but she kind of holds her breath, hoping that it's not today. It's not today.
0: Aw. So... The four of you from your disparate paths somehow wound up in the same career and somehow wound up working together. We don't need to go into much specifics about like the first job you ever worked together or or even how the like how specifically the team came together unless you have any specific ideas. But I do want to ask, what is each of your sort of general dispositions towards the other characters in the in your crew? And you don't all need to jump in at once on this, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. like it if one of you did. I'm sorry. There's just there's a part of me that just wants to be like, all right, if it came down to Mary fuck kill for your <laughs> three teammates.
2: <laughs> oh, can we do that? There's four of us. That's perfect.
0: honestly, honestly, oh yeah. God. Let's let's <laughs> let's do that. Mary fuck kill uh, on Strathmill, Rowan, and Catterjoon June Zurich. Let me hear it.
3: Okay, so, uh, I think. Catterjune is definitely kill.
0: Fuck.
5: All right.
3: <laughs> you you described your character as wait no I'm I'm sorry I'm thinking of the wrong people. Uh, that is totally my bad. Strathmill is kill.
2: Okay,
1: yeah, okay. that's what yeah. I expected. That's Reasonable. <laughs> I was like, what did I do? Oh, sorry, I sorry.
3: You got your character mixed up. That's my bad. Uh, the the noble that answers with fists instead of any sort of reason. He's probably not too fond of that. Uh I would He's say. seen that behavior before. Yeah.
5: Not not cool with that. And
3: then shit, I'm trying to remember uh personality traits for everyone.
1: Catterjune didn't believe in ghosts.
3: Right. Mm-hmm or demons uh, or but demons right, because
1: i think she still kind of doesn't believe in demons she's questioning
4: i think rowan just like lambasts catrjun about this whenever she brings it up because it's just like what did you think the electro towers were for I... okay
3: you just you just solidified my answer all right <laughs> kill, kill strathmill uh fuck rowan and mary catrjun
4: Oh. <laughs> oh that's gonna be real fun oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> uh, what step-
5: hey wait 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 wait,
0: wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, man uh step step back to uh for for rowan uh merry fuck kill strathmill catterjune Zeric, lightning round
4: so why i said this would be really fun uh kill xeric oh oh yeah um Again, not, like, hateful, but just, like... It's just racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is not a pretty world, and she has not had a pretty life. Um, but if she were confronted with this question, her answer would be, kill Zurich." I think Mary Catterjoon fucks Strathmill?
0: Okay. All right. all right all right yeah uh let's let's move on uh to cat uh, or june Merry, fuck, kill drathmill rowan and xeric
1: i think that in a lot of ways she looks up to rowan but i think rowan also annoys her because she like lamb lasts her a lot and makes her feel stupid so probably kill rowan uh <laughs> Fuck Strathmill because I think that she kind of she kind of finds the, uh, the answering with her fists a little bit attractive, uh, yeah. <laughs> and and marries Zirik because he seems like a good guy.
0: And finally, uh, Strathmill, yeah, yeah, Mary no. Fuck Kill Rowan Catteridge Zirik.
2: Okay, this is this is actually kind of difficult. Um, I think actually I think Mary uh Xeric because, because I don't think that she trusts I, I think I think she's very it's it's she doesn't trust any of them to to be fair. She doesn't <clears throat> she does not trust any of them but she is smart enough to understand that her chances of survival are much better if she works with other people. Um but inherently because Eruvia is rumored to be run by demons even though she's denounced she's basically denounced her own noble heritage she still is like uh but they're even worse <laughs> the rulers over there are even worse so so she's just inherently distrustful of of uh, Rowan and Catterjoon for that reason oh man but it's it's hard to pick between which which to fuck and which to kill um, <laughs> <laughs> um I think that she would actually kill Catterjoon because Catter June seems too pure for this world.
5: Oh.
2: <laughs> and and fuck Rowan.
4: <laughs> you know, I think that's a worthwhile uh, secondary reward.
0: <laughs> Man. Do we need uh, to make a chart I, of this? <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll handle that in the post. Uh, <laughs> please do. But uh, can I just say that I love this and will definitely employ this in the future for. <laughs> Teams of four in, in character creation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do want to say one other thing, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I imagine that in Caterjun's coming to understand more about the world and the fact that, hey, supernatural things do exist, <laughs> I think that she has probably been saved by each of the other people in one way or another, at least once. Yeah. Uh, and I think that she very much thinks of all of them as family at this point. Hell yeah.
0: Hell yeah. I like that. Uh, so in I, I think on that note, I think we're ready to, to wrap up our prep for the next game. I feel like we've, we've created our characters. We've developed a basic understanding of the world. We've selected our route that our train will be traveling on. Uh, I'll be sort of framing the story once we actually get to it um, when we play two days from now. But in the meanwhile, I do want you all to think about and we we can hash out out of game and then we'll just have things set for when we play. I do want us to figure out in the downtime who's going to be our rook, who's going to be our spider, who's going to be our owl, who's going to be our anchor. So that way we have all that set up and ready for when things start getting hairy on the train, huh? Sounds
1: good. Uh, Are we interested in giving ourselves a little bit of experience on the lines since we talked about having worked together before
4: what would that do for us um as you level up you basically are able to snag more talents yeah when you level up choose another gift from your homeland or from a land in which you have worked any combination of four lines slash jobs uh when you become a master add plus one to a stat so and i believe uh In the parlance of the box to the right there. Cleared is a ghost removed from the train. Silenced is a ghost destroyed, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: That's correct. Mm -hmm. Cool. So let's just go as light on that as we can. I think with this line, you will have worked three lines. Okay. So mark that. I think you've probably tried out at least two rolls by now. So mark that. Uh, And pre-mark five ghosts cleared. Uh, And then, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think any of you have silenced a ghost yet. Let's just keep that as canon for now. Okay. All right. I'm really excited. Your characters sound real fun. And uh, I'm excited for things to get just a little bit spooky. (laughs) Uh, See you next time. Farewell. Peace. Bye.